Coming to you from the Black Swan Media Studios, this is Fireside Chats, talking to the real difference makers in the world. Now, here is your host, John Crump. Welcome to a Thursday edition of Fireside Chats. I'm your host, John Crump. I am the director for the state of Virginia for GOA. I'm a writer extraordinaire for Amelian.com. You can read all my awesome writings over there. And let's get into some stuff here before we go live. Well, we're our live, but before we bring on a guest, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash John Crump, or you can make a one-time donation to paypal.me forward slash John CC. All funds go to help my niece. Super chats are active. You can buy my book at crumpy.com slash giants. This right here. G-Web's just got like five of them, but um, this right here is the final patch I have for this run of no quarter for Tyrant patch. So for $5, it can be yours, whether it's through joining the Patreon or uh, Super Chat, $5. It's yours. We have a new patch ordered, and if we get this one gone, maybe we'll show the new patch. All right, and if you're a Patreon member, you already see the new patch. Now that we got that out of the way, let's bring on our guest. He is the Sand Hill Shooter, John Anderson. How you doing? Well, I am doing great, although let me clarify. Please don't put the in front of Sand Hill Shooter. That makes me sound like a terrorist. I am not a terrorist. So just Sand Hills is fine or just John is fine. Are you sure? Um, I'm sure there are people that probably would want to label me that just because I am a gun owner, but I'm a law-abiding background check passing citizen, so I don't think I'm a terrorist. <laughs> All right. So here, here's something. Uh, should we show them the new patch, or should we just let everyone wonder until it gets made? I, I think let people wonder. Although, speaking of new patch... Um, earlier today, I actually, uh, had gone out to, to my range and was doing some work on my, my rifle to get ready for deer season driving home. I thought, what the heck I'll go live on Facebook. Sometimes I go live on YouTube and, and, uh, today I went on Facebook and I was talking about being here and I said that you had written a book and that I wanted to, uh, uh, read that. And I, I had ordered my own copy and you said that, uh, you would put a patch in with that as well. So speaking of patches. I did get my copy of your book. I did get my patch, and I wanted to show that off today, too. Yeah. For those that don't know, once I make a patch, uh, I always do 100 of them. And when those 100 are gone, I never make it again. And all the designs are mine. So I don't awesome. like to go to anyone else's designs. And so I got a couple designs in the works here. One I just ordered today. So that should be out shortly. You know what? I'm going to say I'm not going to go with your advice, and I'm just going to show it. Okay. And if anybody wants to buy it, they can go ahead uh, and um, you can, let me just make sure I can pull it up. Uh, so while I am pulling this up, what is Sandhill Shooter anyway? Sandhill Shooter. You know, that um, it's kind of a long story. When I was... Uh, when I was first getting into watching videos on YouTube, I, I had decided I was going to uh, buy a handgun and 
eventually take my concealed carry course and get that permit. Um, so I was looking for, you know, the, the best gun, the best holster, the best, everything started watching videos on YouTube, eventually found out that there are people that, uh, that go live, um, daily or weekly with some of these, uh, you know, streams just like this one and, uh, found out those are interactive. You can actually comment if you come up with a, an account, you know, a screen name and all that. And so, uh, I started one, but then down the road, I decided I wanted to, uh, do something a little bit different and start my own channel. So I thought, what the heck am I going to name it? Um, I'm from a part of Nebraska where um, they call it the Sand Hills, and you can look that up for yourself, Nebraska Sand Hills, what that's all about. It's beautiful country. Uh, I grew up on on just the edge of those. And so I thought, well, what the heck? I'll, I'll uh, put that into my name. And, you know, I like to, I like to shoot guns. They're fun. Um, I'm not a competitive shooter. Um, I'm not a good shooter at all either, but I just figured what the heck Sandhill shooter would be a great name for a channel. And, uh, so it's, that's what it is. That's how I got the name. Yeah. But why do you shoot sand and hills? Well, I mean, when the hills are all made of sand, um, really? yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just all there is to it. Wait, uh, so, so you said you're not that good of a shooter, but you know how you can improve this right here. This is the Mantis X10 Elite. When I hit 2,000 subscribers, I will be giving this away. It helps you shoot. It helps dry fire, air fire, or uh, live fire. And it basically is, Mantis is like the Tesla of shooting. And it takes like 10,000 readings a second and lets you know exactly how to improve. So all you need to do to enter is subscribe to the channel, like the video, and comment on any any video. One entry per video. Each comment is an entry. So if you comment on all my videos, you have several hundred entries there. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mantis, uh, this is courtesy of Mantis X, by the way. Did I just exempt myself by becoming a guest on the podcast then? Or, no. or can I can I enter too? You can enter too. I'll be doing that. Yeah, you can definitely enter too. Uh, <laughs> have you ever used one of those? Uh, no, I, I never have. But they look awesome. I've seen lots of videos of them, and it it looks really cool. Although, just a shout out, Mantis X, if you're listening, um, maybe come up with something for those of us with bolt action rifles that don't have Picatinny rail attachments or any other way. Come up with the way to put that on my rifle, would you? Well, they have this. It's not for bolt action. It's for uh, ARs. If they would just come up with some sort of a chamber insert, um, just for you know. That looks, I mean, something like one of those little laser bore ciders, you know, that just looks like a the like actual this? cartridge, kind of like that, but not, not, not for my deer rifle. It's, that's not for your deer rifle. But it's, it's not for, for my deer, deer rifle. rifle. It's for my home defense rifle, though. Yeah, this is really cool. Um, this uh, it resets the trigger, so it helps you dry fire, and it resets the trigger every time you dry fire. So that's you so cool. And everything else, and there's a little laser in here. And there's apps that you put on your phone so you can set up and you can like use this to actually zero your AR and practice shooting and you can shoot up to 10 times a second with it. Wow. Um, and uh, it just really helps so you don't have to like break posture to keep on reloading when you're dry firing. I've never tried. I'm not entirely sure I can shoot 10 times a second with live ammo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that my finger's that good yet. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to throw it on a uh, rifle. Well, I've been using it with a rifle that has a uh, Franklin binary trigger. Oh, cool. But yeah, uh, 
not many people are going to shoot it 10 times, but they just wanted to make it. So you're not going to out, outrun the trigger. That That's very cool though. So if you wanted to practice rapid fire shooting and, and uh, get good at that and keep shots on target under, you know, under rapid fire, then that thing will support it. Is that kind of the idea there? Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very cool. It's, it's a really cool, uh, man. I love Mantis X products. Mantis makes some awesome stuff. Uh, not only are they a support of the channel, but it's something that I've actually been using for years. They just became a sponsor less than a month ago, but um, I've been using them for a few years. You can write, you see my articles I wrote about them a couple of years ago that weren't sponsorship articles. I just like wrote how much I love <laughs> So when they were like, hey, we want to sponsor you, I was like, hell yeah. Like, I if use- I ever get channel sponsors, I, I really hope that uh, it's companies that I already use their products and I already believe in their products. I don't ever want to be accused of being a paid shill. So yeah. that's awesome that, that you were a, a customer long before they they sponsored your your stuff here. That's really cool. Yeah, Mantis has a really good reputation, so I don't think anyone's going to claim anyone is a patient <laughs> because everyone who uses their stuff is just like, raves about it and there's a reason for that there's a lot of engineering and a lot of very smart people over there all right very cool so being in nebraska mm-hmm. in the middle of uh the country i'm from uh the east coast mm-hmm. so i don't really know how it is to be in like the, the midwest um Guns where I am aren't exactly acceptable. There's a lot of anti-gun people. Um, how is it in Nebraska? Is it part of the culture out there? I would think it would be, but well, it's actually it's a that's a complicated topic. So kind of bear with me here because yes, it's part of the culture. I mean, we we're from a part of the world where the Oregon Trail cuts through our state. Um, you know, some of the greatest landmarks along that trail, Chimney Rock, um, Scott's Bluff, and, and some of those are, are in Nebraska. Um, so, I mean, yeah, this is this is a, a, a part of the world where we're mostly rural. And anytime you get into rural areas, it seems like firearms are just, just kind of a, a part of life, right? I mean, um, everybody that I knew grew, uh, growing up, at least, uh, at least the guys, um, you know, had, had rifles, BB guns to start with, or, or rim fires. By the time you get to high school, you know, you're hunting deer with center fire rifles, things like that. Everybody had uh, a rifle and or a shotgun growing up. It, it just, that's like saying, you know, saying you've got a rifle is kind of like saying you've got a pair of boots. Um, I mean, it's just, well, well, yeah, why wouldn't I? So as far as that goes, yeah, I mean, hunting and, and even sport shooting as far as trap and, and things like that are, um, very, very popular around Nebraska. And then not so much the part where, where I live, um, I'm in the Northeast part of the state and, uh, the, the town that I live, I mean, we don't have a range close by that, that I'm aware of that actually hosts, uh, any kind of competitions as far as three gun and things like that. Um, and if they're out there and I don't know about them, then, you know, I'm going to be very happy when I do find out about them. Cause I'd like to at least go check that out, even if I don't compete. But, um, so as far as, as things like that go, I mean, I know that's out there in, in somewhere in the state. There's there's places you can shoot competitively. Um, 
we've got uh, Hornady Manufacturing is a Nebraska-based company. Cabela's used to be a Nebraska-based company. I mean, we're we've got a whole bunch of cool stuff as far as as guns and hunting and shooting, uh, all of the shooting sports uh, as far as that goes. So you're right; it is kind of part of the culture here. Now, having said that, uh, when it comes to gun laws, we are not that red of a state we're actually quite purple believe it or not no, really. um, it, and and now uh i know that some people get get upset when you throw out the word fud but um i mean honestly we've got a whole lot of elmer fud type people in our state that they don't really care what um what kind of laws get passed as long as they're not going to lose their deer rifle or their their duck shotgun um, you know, they can still go out hunting in the fall or they can go shoot doves, whatever it is. Uh, you know, as long as they're not going to touch those, I don't really care what happens. And so there's still a lot of apathy across my state, uh, when it comes to concealed carry, things like that. Yes, we have a concealed carry, uh, permits available and we are a shall issue state. So, I mean, we've got that going, but at the same time, um, you know, a, a constitutional carry would be great. We actually touch six different states. Four of those states have constitutional carry. And uh, Nebraska, only uh, as far as the states we border, only Iowa and Colorado don't have it now. And so um, we're kind of one of the last ones uh, within our area even to to go to such a, a thing as constitutional carry. And anytime that's brought up, there's a lot of pushback within our legislature. Um, and it, it generally dies before it ever um reaches the floor it usually dies in committee and so some of some of that kind of stuff is uh um you know it's not what you would expect from a state like nebraska i guess or not if you if you're not really in tune to what's going on within our legislature not only that we don't have uh statewide preemption so um there are a lot of people that that live uh, live in one town and drive to the other town for work between omaha and lincoln which omaha is our our big city in the state. That's the one everybody's heard of. Uh, and Lincoln is the capital and that's where the Cornhuskers play. Um, but they're only about an hour apart. And and some people have that kind of commute where they, they drive back and forth every day. And if you're doing that commute, you may drive through three different counties on your way to work. You may drive through multiple county and city jurisdictions that all have different laws as far as your firearms go. And so it is kind of maddening to try and keep up with that. Um, as, and, and we don't have a, a nation or excuse me, a statewide gun registry. But if you take a pistol into Omaha, you have to register it unless you have a, a concealed carry permit issued by the state. And so open carry is not allowed uh, in Omaha without a concealed carry permit, which blows my mind because it's allowed everywhere in the state. You can open carry without a permit. That is OK here as long as you're not breaking any laws as far as gun free zones go. So it's it's really confusing when you take your concealed carry course here. You find out that uh, some states are okay with carrying firearms concealed in churches, um, hospitals, things like that. Our state, no. You really have to watch where you take that firearm and then be in compliance. If if you need to go into one of those places that are are prohibited, you know you've got to have the right safe in the car to lock it up, and and things like that. And it's it's just a lot to remember. And I'm not complaining um, because, yeah, in in the eastern states like Maryland, New Jersey and through there, I've, I've got friends um, over in that country. And, yeah, I get it. 
um, it's uh, it's it's like paradise coming here from a state like that. But here at the same time, yeah, um, here at the same time, um, compared to some of the states around us, we're not that free. And uh, I just I don't understand why we can't get more of the the residents, more of the voters to get fired up about such a thing because they don't they don't seem to care. Most of the people I talked to when the bump stock ban was looming said, I, I don't I don't care. I think they're stupid. Well, whether or not you think the stock is stupid, do you understand what's happening if we allow this to happen without any pushback and without reminding the president that he does not have that kind of authority to make laws? Only Congress can do such a thing. And so uh, a lot of people didn't uh, didn't really care to remind the president that he he doesn't have that kind of authority. And now anybody who uh, possesses a bunk, uh, bump stock is a felon uh, if they didn't destroy it or or turn it in. So uh, just things like that, that, that. There's a lot of apathy. There's a whole lot of, again, just the Elmer Fudd mentality of, well, as long as I can go out and hunt, you know, during rabbit season or duck season or deer season, uh, and they're not going to take that away, then I don't really care. The, the problem being, uh, once we lose all of our other firearms, what do you think they're going to go for? The military-style sniper rifles and the military-style trench guns are going to be on that list. Just I, I just don't want to see it get that way. So, yeah. like I said, it's complicated. Being a gun owner in Nebraska is great compared to some states and not so great compared to others. We're kind of right, right in the middle of that spectrum, just like we're right in the middle of the country. Yeah, that's one of the things I don't understand is when people say, well, you know, as long as I can keep this gun or that gun, their goal is is to get all the guns. They're just going to get them slower. Um, it's it's kind of like saying, you know, I've got this cake and I'm not going to give up my cake. I mean, nobody would be willing to give up the entire cake if somebody asked for it, right? But uh, if you keep just giving away a slice of cake at a time, pretty soon all that's left is just the slice that's in your hand. And they're so used to you giving up a slice of cake at a time that when they ask for your last slice of cake, you're like, now, now, wait a minute. I don't want to not have any cake. Well, by then it's too late. Um, So it's it's kind of the same thing with any of our liberties, not only guns, any of our liberties uh, that are that are being threatened. So. If, if you wanted to let me go off on that tangent, we could have a whole hour's worth of just talking about how the liberties are being infringed, dude. <laughs> so rein me in. Rein me in. No, uh, well, yeah, uh, I, I, I 100% uh, agree with you. One of the things that the anti-gun groups do really well is they change the definition of words. For example, compromise. Compromise means I get something, you get something. You don't get everything you want, and I don't get everything I want, but there's some we meet in the middle somewhere. They change the meaning to mean I get some of your rights, and you get to keep a little bit of your rights. Yeah, compromise has gone from both sides give a little to get a little. It's now turned into... We want all of your guns, but we're willing to compromise and only take bump stocks for now or only take whatever an assault weapon is. If anybody could ever define that made up term, Uh, we're willing to only take those for now. That's our compromise. Yep. And and it's not going to make them satisfied just by getting this. It's going to embolden them. 
That's why mm-hmm. I like GLA because we are like no compromise, and we're no compromise because of that. Uh, gun owners have been compromising since 1934. Yes, and um, we get screwed in the end all the time. Yeah, I I never see any uh, any give it only take from that side that wants to to take away guns and and doesn't think that we need them or thinks that we need to prove why we need them in order to have them. Yeah, that's one of the things. Why do you need them? It's like, well, you know what? I I, I don't need them. I want them. And the Constitution says I can have them. Well, not the Constitution yeah. acknowledges that I can have them. Um, exactly. I can have them. The Constitution doesn't give me the right to have them, but it acknowledges that I, I, I can have them. I don't need to justify to you why. Even that is getting um, misconstrued or, or downright perverted by some people right now, thinking that the Constitution is what gives us our rights. Um, no, the Bill of Rights is not a list of things that the, the Constitution gives us. The Bill of Rights is a list of things that we cannot have taken away. We already have them. And now that we have a government, uh, the Bill of Rights limits the government to not take things away from us. It doesn't give us anything. It just can't take them away. Our creator, if you believe in a creator, then that's who gave you those rights when you were became a, a, a living, breathing person. Yeah, it's, it is very interesting. Uh, Kamala Harris wrote an amicus brief during the Heller, Heller trial, trial saying that the militia is the military and there's no individual rights to <laughs> own a firearm, which is the most dumbest thing ever because why would the government need to grant itself permission to have firearms? Right. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yes, and and you know you still hear people that that think that uh, you know the the government and lately you know this is is uh, 2020 now or it's what September of 2020 and with everything that's been going on with people that are are against police officers and want to defund police departments we've gone from um, saying that only the military and only the police should have guns to saying we shouldn't have police. So you can't have it both ways. If, if you, uh, if you take away the police, then the people still have a right to protect themselves. And we've had how many court cases over the years that have said that you, uh, you cannot, um, you cannot force a a police officer to, to come to your rescue. They don't have a, a legal obligation to save you their job is to enforce the laws and then pick up the pieces later investigate the crime and find the suspect you know and bring them to justice um the the police do not have a legal obligation to charge into uh any sort of situation and save you they they're not obligated to be superman no the supreme court says they don't have a legal obligation to do right um your defense the it should rest on you. I mean, you should be the lifeline of your own defense. You shouldn't. You shouldn't think that someone else is going to come save you, because if someone breaks into my house right now with a, uh, you know, with some type of weapon, the police are ten minutes away. 
maybe mm-hmm. more. Um, I I can't be like, hey, you gotta wait ten minutes because we've got police just, to come. Just put on a striped shirt, blow a whistle, call a timeout or something. Put the you know put the home invader in the penalty box for ten minute misconduct, and then uh, when the police get there, then you can let them out of the box. That that would work, wouldn't it? I mean, why wouldn't you just be able to talk? I saw that post. You just talk to him. Just use your words, dude. Just talk to the criminal and and uh, find out what is really wrong and what they really want. Um, because clearly they're, you know, sane, uh, logical individuals. That's why they broke into somebody else's house in the first place. Um, I, I just I don't understand the the disconnect that there is there with some people. I, I was talking to a um, anti-gun person. And about like what would happen if someone broke up my house, I was like, I'll shoot them. Like, but you don't know their situation in life. Like, I don't care. They're broken in my house. The situation is the situation is in their life is they broke into the wrong house. Their their situation is that they should not come into places that they're not welcome to do things that they're not allowed to do. It's like I'm I'm not gonna have time to freaking psychoanalyze. Someone who breaks into who's trying to pull off an um, invasion. Yeah, you what know? is the uh, the the county now out in California where the DA wants the police to determine whether or not looters actually need the the item before they uh, arrest them for for stealing? I mean, you got, you got, you're kidding, right? No, you didn't see that. No, I'll I will find that link and get it to you. Because there is a DA in California that actually wants the the police to to evaluate and determine uh, whether or not the person actually needed what they stole, uh, and if they needed it, then it's not a crime. Well, I need some ammo. I need a lot of things, so apparently it's not a crime if I just take them. I'm not willing to move to California to live that way, though. Thank you. And because of that, I'm going to show the new patch. All right. All right. You guys ready for the new patch? I'm excited about this new patch here. I'm ready. Let's see. Hopefully this is it. There it is. Woo! The Crumpy Militia. That almost looks like the Grumpy Militia, which I would definitely join as a grumpy old man. Yeah, that's the Crumpy Militia there. That's awesome. That's the new patch. I'm gonna have to get me one of those now. Yep, uh placed the order today. Uh it will be here in probably about a couple weeks, a few weeks. That's cool. Yep, so that is the new patch. I think it's gonna do pretty well. I've not made any patches with my logo, but I need to figure out a place to do so. Uh, I'll help you. I got I got some uh I got some contacts. Cool. I'll take them. When we get done here, you can send me anything you want to send me. Yeah, I got some contacts. Um, I do what I do is I do random patch shops while I design up my own patch. Order one hundred of them. Once those hundred are gone, I'll move on to the next patch, and I won't go back to the old patch. That way, drop is uh, limited edition. Exactly. Yeah, so that's what I uh that's what I've been doing for a while now. It's a hobby of mine. I like doing like a little graphic. I suck at graphic design, but 
I can I can come up with a pretty good design. That's what I need to work on. I need to, to get into designing some, figure out how to do designs, and then, yeah, make a patch, make some better t-shirts, something besides just my logo. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. How'd you come up with your logo? Anyway. Um, that actually was, uh, the, the credit for the logo itself goes to Ghost Tactical because he's a friend of mine and he loves designing stuff like that. So I kind of told him what I was looking for and then he would just send me ideas and, and then I would say, okay, let's keep this. Let's lose that. Let's change this. And, and, uh, over the course of, uh, oh my gosh, it wasn't long, just a day or two. We kind of had, had come up with, um, the logo, the, the picture that you can actually, um, that you can see in the background of it here. Let me, let me kill my camera and then you can see my avatar picture. Um, so there's my actual logo. That picture is taken from a photograph. The, the top of that hill is actually part of my family's ranch. Um, and that that's taken from a photograph standing at my dad's mailbox, just looking, um, north. That's about a mile, mile and a half away from where that picture was taken. Um, so that pointy hill, that's actually part of the ranch. Um, where that's located is the star isn't quite in the exact location where that is. But the star is very, very close to the part of Nebraska where I grew up, about as close as I could could get. I didn't want to uh, I wanted it to still be within the the outline of the state. And so it's actually uh, that hill is only about a uh, mile. Nope. Two miles. Just under two miles from the state line of South Dakota is where the top of that hill is. So it's real, real close to the border. Um so that's where I got the picture. Of course, the the outline for those of you that aren't geographically inclined, that is the state of Nebraska, and then um, of course Sand Hills Shooter above and below there. So that's how we we came up with that. All of that, um, all of that credit goes to to Ghost for for helping design that. Oh, that's really cool, man. Um, so you are you are proud proud to be uh, from Nebraska. I am. Um, the only people that, that have been to Nebraska and thought it was boring, they drove through on Interstate 80, uh, which is a river valley. You don't ever get into the good stuff. So um, a lot of people think Nebraska is not worth going to and that there's nothing here but, you know, just a bunch of cornfields. And, and that's OK. I actually don't mind that because I don't want a lot of people finding out how cool this place really is. Um, it's one of the best kept secrets in the union, and I don't mind keeping it that way. So that's why our new state slogan is, honestly, it's not for everyone. Um, I honestly think that uh, that that means don't come here in California, my Nebraska, is is kind of what that's. They didn't, of course, the state can't say that, but uh, that's what I get out of it. That's it's, it's not for everyone. We don't want everyone to uh, to come in here and and uh, you know build a bunch of housing developments where there's just some some really good open open country or or good farm ground. We are uh, we're the largest beef producing state in the world in the union. So, um, right? Yeah, yeah and you get some of, you get some of the best beef from Nebraska too. That's that's what I grew up uh, producing beef. My dad is a beef producer. I'm not talking about feedlots or packing plants. I'm talking about uh, he raises cows, and every year they have a calf, and he raises those calves up, and then they go off to uh, to the market to be uh, become whatever cows. Uh, you know, beef becomes, but, uh, that's, that's what he does. His, uh, his, his livelihood is his hobby. 
My dad's never worked a day in his life other than the two years that he spent in the in the army after he got drafted. And so uh, aside from that, he's never uh, had to work a job in his life because he does what he loves. He's 72 years old, still going strong. Every time he talks about uh, slowing down and selling some cows, he ends up uh, buying more. Um, so that's just what happens. Yeah, I, w- I actually, when I was born, I actually lived on a farm for uh, one year. I can't remember because I was so little, man. Uh, it's really funny that uh, your dad is a cattle farmer, and yesterday we had a vegan on. <laughs> that's okay. I've got uh, I've got friends that are vegan. Um, yeah. You know what? That's that again. In this country, you're free to make your own choices. So as long as you know what you're doing, um, and uh, you you're doing it for you know specific reasons, and and uh, you stay healthy doing it you know i'll i'll still be friends with people that are vegans um i just don't tell my dad that i'm friends with somebody like that that's all and he's not on the on the interwebs so he'll never know that <laughs> he'll never see this so you so you're talking about how people uh don't california my nebraska is that a problem out there do you get a lot of people from uh, california moving out there or no from no thank god and i don't ever want it to become so i see what happens in colorado i see what happens in texas and i don't ever want that to happen here yeah i was talking to some people in arizona and they were really concerned that yeah people from california move to arizona that they're going to turn uh arizona to california it's funny how these guys they move away from places because they can't live there anymore it becomes unlivable and then they tried to pit the same exact policies that made their Yeah, they, they vote for the very things that they fled from before. It just doesn't make any sense to my mind either. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. We have a lot of people from uh, New York and Virginia. Same reason? Just just to get away from the, the foolishness? Yeah, and now they're voting to make Virginia and New York, which is... Yeah, which actually we, we all saw what happened um almost a year ago now in virginia right when uh when not enough people showed up at the polls to uh to vote against some of the the malarkey and and now you guys have to live with malarkey for a while yeah i really hope it i really hope it was eye-opening for the rest of the states i hope the other 49 states are are taking note um i i always say the other 49 i know some of the states aren't they're even worse so the other you know 40 or so states that, that actually have a chance of going the same way as Virginia. I hope they're they're taking note and the voters are taking note of what happens if you don't care enough to go vote. Because there are people that do care and they're not going to vote for what you want them to vote for. Yeah, right now we were able to push back against some of the stuff that they wanted to pass, some of the most more extreme stuff. Uh, and we're still going through courts on some other things that we have mm-hmm. uh, a good feeling on. I, I also think that it was an awakening for gun owners in Virginia. Now they're awake and paying attention. So by you know pushing all this anti-gun stuff, I think it might have hurt the left-leaning side of the aisle more than what they thought it was going to. They thought everyone was going to roll over and then yeah. in january in, in a cold january day you had tens of thousands of people heavily armed surrounding the capitol and what they did it's really funny they're like well no guns on the capitol ground 
all right, but now you just uh, surrounded the capital with heavily armed people. So now you're surrounded. Actually, I spoke to somebody from Nebraska that was there, and uh, he was he was talking about uh, the and I don't know the the layout in Richmond, and I don't know um, exactly which side of the building that that this was on, but um, apparently there's a there's a tunnel that you know, goes underneath the, the Capitol grounds. And that's where the lawmakers come and go through that tunnel. And, uh, all they had set up was just some, uh, some three foot tall, um, just metal barriers, just like you would see at a, at a concert or anything like that. Um, there was no, no actual, you know, turn back fence per se, separating the, the, uh, the rally goers that were outside the Capitol grounds from the lawmakers walking right past them. And even those lawmakers, I mean, some of them stopped and, and talked to people, you know, on the other side of the of the little fence there. And none of the lawmakers at one at any point ever looked like they were in fear for their safety or in fear for their lives. I mean, it it wasn't um, it wasn't only the fact that uh, there was no violence that happened at that rally, but um, even just the general vibe um that was given out by everybody was that, Hey, you know, um, we're peaceful. Yes, we have guns. No, we're not murderers. No, we're not maniacs. And, and like I said, even the lawmakers, uh, did not act like they were scared to walk past these people on their way into the, into the Capitol building. And so I just, I thought that was really, really cool that, uh, um, just the general vibe overall. And, and just, uh, you know, there was, there was no malicious intent, no violent intent, even, in the air um everybody knew that that it was going to go well so that was pretty cool it, it's it was really funny one of the headlines after the rally was uh even with the threat of violence in the air the rally stayed peaceful yeah. like the threat of violence in the air is like what the hell are you talking about man yeah the governor yeah. did leave the state though he did leave the state and go to north carolina because he was afraid that they were gonna that people were going to uh, raid the governor's mansion. N- no joke. Yeah. Well, all he would have to do was step out on his step with a with a an AR-15 and give his wife a pistol that doesn't fire, and everybody would have stayed back. The McCloskeys. <laughs> yeah that 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 is uh, some really weird stuff out of is- St. Louis. Man. Is that the McCloskey's aside? Um, the fact that uh, that Governor Northam actually ran away and hid. I mean, is that a little bit of guilty conscience? Do you think on his part? Um, why would the people storm the governor's mansion and you know threaten to string him up if he was so well liked and and you know he hadn't completely tried to uh, defecate all over Virginians' rights? Yeah, that is true. I mean, he 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 knew that he made a lot of Virginians mad. Otherwise, he would have had no reason to go and hide. Yeah, and of course, yeah. they proved that they're not that way. Well, ninety six percent of the state said, "We're well, you know what? We're not going to obey your gun laws anyway." Well, <laughs> right. Uh, do, awesome whatever you want. do whatever you want. So, ninety six percent of the state basically is not doing anything when, when it comes to gun laws. Yeah. And I think it's funny that the state got smacked down with their universal background check laws because now if you are between the ages of 18 and 20, you are exempt from background checks, yes. universal background checks. 
which I think, which I think is hilarious. They got pissed off about that. Yeah, I, I heard about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they tried to argue something. Well, you know, in sixteen nineteen, <laughs> like saying did they screw it up because they whoops, we forgot about the law saying that eighteen year olds are allowed to purchase uh, handguns in the state, and you can't do that federally. Oh. So they're like, nope. You can't, uh, yeah, we can't do that in Nebraska at age 18. You can only purchase a long gun. Yeah, Virginia, Virginia, you can purchase a, a handgun at 18, but federal laws of you can't go through a background check until you're 21 for a handgun. Right. So the judge basically said, well, uh, 18, the 18 to 20 year olds are allowed in Virginia. And since the federal law is preventing them, then, you know, they don't have to go through background checks. And uh, the state argued that, well, that's a, that's the federal law problem. <laughs> you know, it's a problem with the federal law. I was like, well, so. Yeah, well, that is, uh, you have a judge that is, has ruled on such a things. And, and oddly enough, um, of course, it's not odd to, the people that are likely to be to be watching and listening right now but oddly enough we have seen uh no problems from 18 19 or 20 year olds purchasing handguns without background checks uh there has not been rampant violence in the streets uh due to to not not knowing um you know who's buying these things so uh clearly this is not a big issue and and background checks are one of the biggest stupid things that i've ever heard of universal would it be even worse yeah background checks are terrible but um there might be something in the works i'm not gonna tip my hand too much but there might be something that i might have found in the works that might might start something that might piss off a bunch of people who are pro background checks. Well, there you go. Now, I, really. now you got my interest peaked. I can't wait to find out what that is. Not tipping my hand. That's a, nope. That's okay. I'm not going to get it out of you. I'm not going to try. That that's as much as I will say for now. Just remember, remember this show when I told you that. I've been saying that for a while, but it's coming. It's coming. Good to know. It, it is definitely coming. So, what do you think about this whole Kyle situation? Since everyone's talking about it in the comments, I see that out there. I actually uh, addressed that um, earlier today when when I was driving home too. When I went live, um, here's the thing: is I need to I need to see some more info from the original skirmish when the first uh, trigger pull happened, because I've seen a lot of things that that uh, people have said that have you know come out later that no that's not actually true nobody threw a molotov cocktail at him nobody no, no. threw a nobody threw a brick at his head i heard that was crap um i don't actually know what happened with that first skirmish we don't know you know who punched whom or who rushed whom or any of that um the I... other two shots that we do have video of i mean that's clearly somebody that's running for his life running for his safety um you know, and, and when he trips and falls and they catch up to him and start clobbing on him with a skateboard and, and everything else, I mean, 
he had every right at that point to believe that he was going to get seriously injured or dead. Um, so those two shots, I don't see any fault with unless it would come out that he was the aggressor in the original situation. Cause you don't get to stir up trouble and then run away and claim that you were the victim, right? That's not how that works. I'm not saying that's what he did. I, I did see video that's not real that's not really publicly available it's going to be used in the trial okay um and of the, of that original skirmish of the original skirmish see and that's why i'm waiting to form a final opinion i want to know the facts i want to know all of the facts before i make a decision um because that's going to sway what happened in that original situation is going to sway my opinion on what was happening with that second situation when they caught up to him. That looks pretty cut and dry to self-defense to me, but I don't know what happened earlier. Okay. So, um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% right. Um, this is what I saw when I watched the video um, through my journalistic methods i get to watch the video um it's okay but, to talk about this right yeah i can talk about it i just can't release the video okay the um they there was a dumpster that was set on fire that they were going to push into the police barricades okay he walks up with a fire extinguisher and pits it out at that point, he starts getting chased. Somebody throws a... What was thrown at him was a bag full of stuff. Mom, what was in that bag? I don't know. I have no idea. So I'm not going to say I know what was in the bag. The guy started grabbing at his rifle, and he threw something at him. At that point, there was a shot fired. Not from Kyle. There was another shot fired. Um, do we do you don't have to say who, but do they know who did that? They they know what group did it, I should say. Okay. I can't really get into that. No, that's okay. I don't want I don't want you to, I don't want anything to come out right now that's gonna compromise the the investigation. So no, no. Are there, are I, they, I I respect your your uh discretion. But they, yeah, but they don't have an idea they don't know exactly who shot, they know where it came from. At that point was the first shot towards the aggressors there. Um, and then that was the original confrontation. Okay. Uh, there was more than one shot fired. Uh, there was also, after the second amount of shots, uh, there was also other shots fired after that. Um, so there's, there's more than one person shooting. Okay. Now I will say this much based on the little bit that I do know, because I saw some of the interviews that, that were done by, um, I can't think of all the names. I know Elijah Schaefer from the blaze was there and, and interviewed, um, that individual before any of this ever went down earlier in the night. Um, and he was there to render aid. In fact, he even cut off the interview um, to call somebody over to, to administer aid because he was uh, a medic or, or is training to be a medic. Um, the things that I know about, about, and I, I don't know if we can even say his name at this point and get, I don't want you in trouble on Facebook, but so I won't say his name, 
But um, the things that I know about this individual, I'm hard pressed to believe that he just uh, decided later that night to, you know, to just shoot him some protesters and, and, oh, all of a sudden I'm just going to, a switch flipped in his, in his mind. And he's just decided I'm just going to start shooting people in the head. I don't believe that for a second, not with what I know about him. It's going to take a lot of convincing to convince me that, um, that he is a murderer and I'll, I'll just leave it at that for now. Yeah, uh, the shot to the head was a, it was it wasn't a full on shot to the head. The shot to the head didn't kill the guy, the first guy. Okay, it was a, that was more of a grazing shot. Okay, you saw uh, it, when the video comes out, and I'm sure it will. It's going to clear up a lot. Uh, and being a reporter, I, I I can I can say that it's it, it's it's going to change a lot of people's perspective if they believe that he the kid was a murderer it's the fact that we don't have all the facts now why i i hesitate to form my yeah. own opinion yet and we um, only do select people i i don't know why i i something with the courts why they're not showing it to everyone or releasing it to everyone sure but you know uh if you're media, you can request to see it. Okay, like a FOIA type request. Well, it's not even a FOIA. You have to have okay. to. You have to be credentialed media, credentialed okay. with a media organization, a recognized media organization. Okay. Gotcha. No, right, I just. I'm the, sure the, the fact that. Everywhere. I know that there are people that know the truth because there are people that were there. Yeah, eyewitness accounts are some of the, the haziest, so video footage is better. But, I mean, the, the fact that all of the truth isn't out there yet means that none of us should be forming a hard and fast opinion. We can form opinions on what we know, but that, that's, not, you know, that's not the whole truth. And so part of the truth doesn't do any of us any good. And the fact that... Um, a lot of people are willing to just take part of the truth and just, you know, jump on that horse and, and just, you know, beat it to death and ride that that little bit of truth all the way. I mean, that's we see that happen on on so many occasions. And then we find out later, well, yeah, but here's, you know, what's Paul Harvey say? The the rest of the story uh, yeah. turn, turns out we didn't know everything there was to know. And so that being said, yeah, that's that's why I'm I haven't come out and just said you know, hey, this kid's a hero, or hey, this kid's a murderer, or hey, he's a combination of the two. I, I won't say that until I know exactly which way it is. Yeah, exactly. One of the issues that there is in journalism is the rush to to write a story. Yeah. Uh, and fill in facts that you don't know. Uh, that's that's what I've seen. Just I will, uh, These facts are unknown, or I will wait to write something i won't guess a fact and get it wrong yeah I, um, I see too many reporters that are in the rush to be first and they're willing to compromise being right yeah that's one of the issues with journalism nowadays is mm -hmm. that a lot of reporters try to try try to be first uh luckily my editor is one of the guys who wants to get it right good He's like, well, we, we might get beat, but uh, ours is going to be accurate. 
Um, because there's, there's, you can't always be right. Sometimes stuff will get messed up or the information you get will be wrong, but that comes with the business. If you exactly. look at what happened with, the, with the Nick Sandman thing, right? Uh, how wrong do they get? And that cost them a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was kind of ironic. I thought when uh, CNN was showing Nick Sandman talking, um, during the what was that the rnc um and cnn ran um him talking there and it was kind of ironic that they were actually running him who they had to pay so much money to because they wronged him so badly yeah one of the reporters uh wrote on twitter you know uh, called him a snot-nosed kid and i responded by saying are you mad because you didn't get the raise because they had to pay sam and the money they were, they were gonna you, you don't you don't call the guy that owns cnn now a snot-nosed kid <laughs> that's your boss now i know man <laughs> he, he's really profitable but they what they did to him was terrible man well, and it didn't even take that long. Um, within 24 hours, the entire video was being uh, spread across the interwebs. And so all the major TV outlets uh, no longer had a leg to stand on to uh, vilify the kid. And uh, I mean, just the the death threats and the fact that they were talking about burning down his school. I mean, I think that showed really quickly to and, and I think it was a eye opening for a lot of us just how quickly um how quickly people are willing to uh eat their own even um i know he wasn't one of one of the left but at the same time i mean um you know oh, we yeah. talk about we talk about tolerance and we talk about you know peace and love and and singing kumbaya down by the river but then as soon as anything like this happens you know oh we got to shoot him we got to we got to burn his house down and burn his school and we got to you know dig a hole and bury all these people in it and and what are you talking about even the people who are willing to uh, take up arms in defense of this country don't talk that violently it's it's just crazy how how some of these people talk after something as innocuous as a kid that has no idea what's happening and no idea what to do standing there because he doesn't know uh which way to move without provoking somebody who got in his face and it's it's that simple. Um, why why did he stand there with a goofy smile on his face? Because he didn't know what else to do, and he didn't want to provoke anything, and he didn't know what other facial expression would be better than smiling at somebody, hoping that they just leave him alone. Yeah. Think, it, think back to when we were that age. I mean, I didn't know how the world worked. I wouldn't have known what to do either. Yeah, and I, they were like, Nathan Phillips, Vietnam veteran Nathan Phillips. I was like, oh, wait a minute. He wasn't a Vietnam vet. Yeah, you know. yeah, that was interesting, and we're not even going to talk about where he was originally from. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, but in the end, it it, it all worked out. Um, they they thought he was going to be able, he was going to take it and just go away. Yeah. They didn't say he was going to fight back. They also probably didn't know that the whole video was out there either. Which again, I mean, why would you not think that with that many people with phones standing around? I mean, I don't know, but maybe they thought it wasn't going to surface, and then they were going to be able to play this narrative. Well, that's just what happens when you when you gamble like that, I guess, and you're willing to uh, run with a story that doesn't have all the facts. Then 
Uh, sometimes you just have to uh, admit to the egg on your face and pay out, you know, millions of dollars. Yeah, and they probably did pay out millions of dollars. We will never know how much they pay out. Right. But it's not going to be a small amount. No, no, it's not. Definitely not. It's going to be massive. And the, and the Washington Post still still going to owe them money, too. Yep. Still negotiating with Washington Post to how much Washington Post is going to settle with them yep. for. Yep. And exactly. All, all the power to him, man. All the power to him. Um, he he needed to do that, not for just for him, but for everyone. Right. Because right now there is an idea of oh, we need diversity, we need diversity, but not diversity of ideas. Right. Right. We only want diversity of the way that people look, not the way they act or the way they think. We want everybody in lockstep as far as the way they act and think. As long as we've got, you know, different shades of skin in that in that uh, front line of people that are that are doing that goose step. It's like all these people want multiculturalism, but they don't really want multiculturalism. They want a monoculturalism of ideas. Well, they don't. They don't want ideas. They want their ideas, and everybody should just fall in line with this. Why? I have this idea. And it's what I think you should do. And I should be able to force you into doing what I think you should do. Right. This is a free country and I'm free to force you to do whatever I want you to do. There's, there's literally people that think that, and I don't like it. So I don't think anybody should have it because for some reason I'm entitled to control what everybody else does. Yeah. That's, that's the way it is, man. And it's scary. they're teaching these kids this. Um, I was uh, looking at this thing that they're teaching in my local schools, and it, it's scary. Um, it's like, this is what they're teaching. So I went and looked at the lesson plan, and it's by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Oh, no. And it's like, supposed to be nonpartisan. And you look at it, it's like, this isn't yeah. nonpartisan. This is. You know, they have anti-gun stuff in there. They have all this political stuff. Yeah, let me just go out on a limb here um, for any of you who are educators. And uh, this may uh, hurt some feelers and, and step on some toes. But if you're a teacher and if your students know your political views from what you say in the classroom, then you suck as a teacher. critical thing you talk about whatever you want to when you're not in the classroom if you want to have a youtube channel a web page anything like that go to rallies you do what you want to do you have that freedom but if you teach based off of your political views within that classroom then you are not an educator you are a brainwasher most people do yes yes they do which is uh scary which is one of the reasons why i put my kids in private school so many teachers are are saying that they don't want moms and dads uh, listening into the lessons yeah. on Zoom classes. Crazy. The, that right there would be grounds of me it, saying. Nope, no, it, it would be it would be tantamount to saying uh, you're not allowed to sit in in class when we're actually in the classroom because I don't want you knowing what I'm teaching your children. Well, you have a right to know what your children are being taught as a parent, and. Uh, any school that wouldn't allow you to sit in uh, on the classes or listen in on the Zoom classes, 
then again, um, think about why that would be. What is what are they teaching that they're so worried that you might find out about? Yeah, there was a school that sent out a letter and made PM parents sign it that says we will not eavesdrop. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't joking? I don't get it. Um now one thing I would like to see politically speaking taught in schools is um the fact that it's okay to have your beliefs challenged because most, most teachers, especially college professors that I've heard about, you know, they, they, they don't want students to challenge them. They don't want anybody to uh, present a, an opposing viewpoint or a different idea. And I've said this many, many times in, in my own chats and, and in person too, it is very healthy for me to have my beliefs challenged uh, because one only one of two things could possibly happen if I say something and then you challenge what I just said or what I believe. One one of the two things that could happen is you're going to present a different viewpoint that I've never considered. And seeing a different viewpoint, I may reconsider what I think or or what I feel. And I may decide that I didn't have all the facts and it is time to change what I think because you've shown me a different perspective. And maybe I didn't have it right the first time. That would be healthy for me if that happened. The other thing that could possibly happen is I'm going to see um, that uh, no matter what you have to say, um, you, you're you not changing my mind. You're only cementing my beliefs even stronger that what I think is right and what you think isn't actually the way it is. And that's going to make me even stronger in my convictions and stronger in my beliefs also healthy for me. Both of those options are healthy options, and I don't see a third direction it could possibly go. Either way, if you're afraid to have your beliefs challenged, then you don't know what you believe, probably, or you're afraid that you're already wrong. In the back of your mind, possibly subconsciously, you already don't believe it. And if you're not that strongly set in your beliefs, Anybody could come and topple your house of cards. And some people are scared of that because they're going along and repeating what everybody else is saying. And they don't really believe it anyway. Um, and they, they can't have, they can't handle it. If you challenge it, they, they just shut down. They don't know what to do because they don't actually know what to believe. They just know what to repeat, which means they're not thinking for themselves. If you're thinking for yourself, you know what you believe and you know why, and you can tell me why. Exactly. Too many people disregurgitate what other people say. I don't care if people disagree with. I love it when people disagree with me. I love to get into a debate. It's great. It's it's healthy. It makes my mind uh, get some exercise. Um, but as long as you're you're actually you know what you believe, you know why you believe it, and you can explain why you believe it. I don't care if we agree on it or not. At the end of the day, I respect the fact that you presented an opinion that is logical and valid, at least based on your own beliefs. The only person I don't want to get a debate debate with is uh, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> well, he would completely trash most people that he goes up against. Yes, um, that dude's got an IQ that is about a hundred times uh, bigger than mine. Yeah, I don't want to debate that guy because, and, and he brings it. But again, um, I've seen people that actually weren't just regurgitating crap that they had heard or been spoon fed. Um, I've seen people present him with things that that weren't you know that and even if he didn't agree with them i mean i've seen him give out respect for the fact that they actually were free thinkers and and they came up with that on their own and 
I mean, even Ben Shapiro understands that uh, not everybody thinks like he does, and he's okay with that. Yeah. All right. Well, we've been on for a little bit over an hour, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. I will give you the final word in one second. Can I just make one request that I promised um, the people on my Facebook page that I would do? Absolutely. Will you talk about this for me? I just got this today. I said that I I didn't have it when I was driving home, but I got home and it was in the mailbox. Um, Will you not only talk about the book, but would you tell everybody um, from from my side that is tuning in um, where the proceeds go for this and the super chats from today's live uh, live stream? Where those what that's all going to and and who? Yeah. Okay. The book. Let me talk about the book. The book is a collection of interviews I've done over the years at Amoland. It's some of my favorite interviews. They have, uh, well, it has interviews from everyone from uh, Tim Kennedy, uh, the MMA fighter, uh, to Jason David Frank, the Power Ranger. There's Cheryl Todd in there. Just people really big in the gun world. Um, Like, it has uh, Robert Brown, which is one of my favorite people to talk to. He is the founder of Soldier of Fortune magazine. Stephen Williford, the hero of Sutherland, Sutherland Springs, Texas. There's tons and tons of people. There's senators in there. Uh, it's, it's really great people in there. Uh, I'm, so, I'm just reading the table of contents. This is kind of a who's who among uh, 2A supporters. Yeah, Cody Wilson, the guy, the first 3D printer, Maj Torre, just a bunch of people. Um, and all the proceeds from not only the book, but from the Super Chats, from my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash John Crump. So if you're a Patreon, all the, all the proceeds go to that as well. Uh, you know, all the, all, all my, all my patch sales, everything, like, I don't, I pay out of my pocket to get the patches made and all that money goes there. I cover shipping. That's, I, that's my money. Um, so every penny that's, done through my patreon through um the book sales through everything goes uh to help my niece my niece has something called dipg which is a form of it's a very aggressive form of childhood brain cancer Uh, she has a tumor a three centimeter tumor on her brain stem um and treatment is very expensive um and plus, we want to have her be able to do some stuff before she can't do stuff. Because right now, she, she's in and out of the hospital a lot, and she's getting weaker and weaker. So there's not a lot of time when she can. she's going to be able to do stuff. So we also use the money for that as well. Um, and 100% of everything goes to her. I write a check every month um, for her. And her parents can use it for medical stuff or like quality of life stuff. Like we got her a Nintendo Switch because she's always wanted a Nintendo Switch. We're getting her a puppy with the money because she's always wanted a puppy. So we're getting her a puppy. Uh, And this people out there is making that possible. So yeah, so that's where it is going to. So I just now opened up the front cover. And and I see the autograph in there, and I see that you're not the only person who autographed this. Yeah, yeah, nope. 
Bella autographed it as well. Right now, we don't have any more books that she has signed. Um, I'm, we're gonna try to get more, but uh, so, it, so this is for now. This is the last one. Yeah, for That's now, so this cool. is the last one. Will, um, we're gonna try to get you, more. But we're not sure. Will you what? just tell her? And of course, with all due respect to you, would you just tell Bella that the autograph in this book from her means more to me than even the fact that you've autographed this and it's one of the coolest dude i'm getting emotional uh it's one of the coolest i did not expect that um and that just hit me right in the feels um just just give her our love for for us would you and let her know that we're praying for her no definitely definitely that's very cool definitely do that all right i'm gonna give you the last word and then we're gonna get out of here all right um you can find me on youtube and on facebook under the name sand hills shooter you can email me at uh, sandhillsshooter at gmail.com. Make sure that uh, you end Sandhills with an S and start Shooter with a different S. There are two of them in the middle there. Sandhills Shooter, not the, I'm not a terrorist. Uh, sandhillsshooter at gmail.com. You can catch me on Patreon uh, to give financial support to what we do there. Um, everything is also on Gunstreamer, uh, just in case YouTube would ever decide to uh, kick us off and, and Facebook wants to uh, not let me have a, a page anymore. Um, so you can catch us on all that every Tuesday night. We do this uh, same thing that we're doing right now. We go live Tuesday nights, nine o'clock central time for the get off my lawn podcast, where we talk about uh, guns and two A stuff and, and other stuff as well. It's not only uh, a gun centric uh, podcast um, and have some, uh, some really cool panelists to, to sound off on whatever the topic is at hand um, and getting more and more all the time really really big names to to come in it's it's very humbling uh we've been super blessed here in the last few months to to get some some guests on that i never expected would even know who i was so that's pretty cool um be sure and order your own copy of speaking with giants uh so that uh, you can help out bella and her family um she they they need all the help all the love all the prayers that they can get because it takes more than money to cure cancer. Only one person can do it. And he's the one that, uh, that built all of us. So uh, make sure that you ask him to take care of Bella as well. Thank you very much, John, for the chance to just come and hang out and uh, run my mouth. All right. Thank you so much. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs>